We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, the Wizards pulled out. At, nope, just kidding. The Clippers won 125-109 over, uh, over those Wizards, Ryan. Good thing you didn't bet them tonight like you thought about it. I was in a spot, man. I thought about it today, and I was like, the Heat are going to beat the Kings. They've lost seven straight. Sacramento's won four straight. This just feels like a night where that comes to an end for both. Heat win, 115-106. I hate having betting regret, but I have betting regret. Uh, Cavs, 128-121 over the Pistons. Your Bulls, your Bulls, 117-110 winners over the Hornets. Got the Pelicans up on the Rockets with two minutes to go, 105-97. And the Timberwolves with nobody playing for Dallas tonight, 121-85 over the Mavs. Fourth quarter's got about 30 seconds left in it. Spurs also, uh, oh, I got my laptop in the way, yep. 108 98. The home setup's got a lot of a lot of screens. A lot of screens. More than we have there. So Ron and I have been going through the uh home studio, home setup, the various things that we've got. Uh apparel, if you will, or just random stuff behind us. Uh, you know, just diff- like I got a uh got this random caps hat here too. It's one of those like rope hats. Never actually worn it. It was some giveaway, but just sits here. It's there. Uh you this time though, you've brought out something that is near and dear to your heart for this segment. Well, yeah, I, I bought this. This is, uh, I got this in 1997, the day after, actually 1998, I guess, the day after the Packers won the Super Bowl and uh, was a big Brett Favre guy. And uh, this is the sweatshirt. I wear this every Sunday. This is my good luck sweatshirt. And uh, Trista's been begging me to wear this out. I think I got this at a Montgomery Ward the day after the Packers won the Super Bowl. And I wear this every Sunday for good luck. Usually it ends up being bad luck once we get to the playoffs. But I wore this. Uh, well, I got to wear it for one Super Bowl. So brought it out for you. And then I'll go back to the uh, jerseys for the last segment. But what do, you, what, what do, we, what do go. we got on there? What do we got? What do you got? All right. This one I told you. I told you this is pretty uh, pretty obscure here, too. Here we go. I'll get away from the mic. A oh, New Marcus Camby. Number 23. Yeah, there you go. New York Knicks Mark Marcus Camby jersey. I realize more and more like how long Champion had the jerseys too. Because like a good portion of the ones I have still have the Champion logo here. Because I stopped buying jerseys a long time ago. Now I kind of miss it. Yeah. I want to go buy some again. But uh, yeah. yeah, this is the Marcus Camby Knicks jersey. I feel like right up there with the, the randomness of the Michael Finley Mavs jersey. So I feel like it's pretty damn close. But I got a big one for you. Got a big one for you last segment. The grand finale is gonna it's gonna throw you through a loop and I'm 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 excited about that. So I uh I bet it's going to be if I was go, if I was a betting man, which I am, uh-huh. I'm gonna go with <laughs> New York Knicks John Starks. Nope, nope. I guarantee I guarantee you won't be able to guess what this is. That I promise. Is it a uh Miami Heat Bimbo Coles? <laughs> no, but that's a that's a really good one. It's actually a Judd Bushler jersey just for you. So I've got one of those. Number thirty, wings good old for, number number thirty. Bushy <laughs> for three, kaboom! <laughs> Everybody always has those random guys that you remember for like your team growing up as a kid. That was like a fan favorite, random role player, whatever it was. That just for some reason they just stick in your head, right? Like I feel like Judd Bushler is one of those yeah. guys for you because you've mentioned well, him quite a bit. Well, no, I mean, like, that was the best part about being a Bulls fan in the uh, early and mid and late 90s was you would fall in love mm-hmm. with the bench mob because yep. the Bulls start like, the Bulls would kick the piss out of everybody. 
But Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen were all aging. So by the fourth quarter, those guys would be on the end of the bench with ice on their knees. And it would be Steve Kerr, Randy Brown, you know, Spider Sally, uh, Jason Caffey. Actually, Jason Caffey was getting some serious run there for a while. Dickie Simpkins, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Rusty LaRue, Judd Bushler, Steve Kerr. Kukoc sometimes had to run with those bums, which always pissed yeah. me off because I was like, why is Kukoc running in the fourth quarter with Bushler and with all due respect, Bill Wennington, um, you know, in, in the corpse of Robert Parrish mm-hmm. towards the, remember like Robert Parrish was on that team. Yes. He was. The Bulls had he was. The that was probably, that was like his 20th year in the league. I think 19th or 20th year was when he played in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. The Bulls always had the weirdest bench, man. Like, um yeah bison daily well you know r.i.p we think has that ever been solved yeah that, man? i think it has hasn't it i think they did kind of solve what happened with that i think so I'm too I, sure. I watched that entire i watched like the entire special on it that was a sad and really weird yeah. story dude was a hell of a player man that was that was weird but yeah he was on the 95 96 team he was like a late pickup played like 18 games and then got some run in the playoffs so yeah. He did. It was weird. I do remember that. He was still Brian Williams then, too, wasn't he? Or was he Bison Daley then? He was Brian Williams then. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's – you're looking – we can go down this nostalgic rabbit hole. It's just crazy how much stuff you kind of accumulate as time goes on, and it just it just sits there. And who knows? Maybe one day uh, Caleb Williams' Bears jersey is going to fit in the same category for some kid. He's had it, and it's 30 years down the road. And you remember Caleb Williams and what could have been because Jaden Daniels, number two to Washington. No. Uh, you know, so if you're also looking at these markets here, just as we dabble in the draft a little bit, forget the number one overall pick. How about the first non-quarterback chosen, heavy favorite, but not nearly as heavy of a favorite as Caleb Williams is to go number one, Marvin Harrison Jr., minus 475. And then is Jared Verse, the edge rusher out of Florida State, uh, five to one. So I... You know, it's interesting. I I feel like the draft, in terms of the four players taken, barring any trades right now, actually feels really set to me. It's just really a matter of, does number two and number three look Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or Drake May two, Jaden Daniels three to the Patriots, and then four, Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, trades could totally shake this thing up, but if I'm any one of these teams, I'm not trading out of these spots unless you have a massive, massive haul And if you need a quarterback, you're still going to be in this spot down the road where you need to look for a quarterback. So I just kind of feel like the intrigue starts in the NFL draft after number four. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's why, I mean, we were doing the show, oh man, was it Monday night when I brought up the first non-quarterback to be taken in the draft? Uh, Marvin Harrison. I feel like it. all the days are a blur now. Everything's a blur to me. Yeah, so I'm looking at it. It was (laughs) January 26th. 7.54 7.54 p.m. And I said, this price makes absolutely no sense. And it was minus 195. It was really chalky. But I took Marvin Harrison to be the first non-quarterback taken. And I even pointed at it. And you were like, ooh, that's a really good bet. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know who else would go. Because there's not that, there's not that like dynamic pass rusher that you have to take. Like Miles Garrett's not in this draft. You know what I mean? Like, and right. every year, even when that guy is there, like, remember when Aiden Hutchinson, everybody's like, oh, man, I just, we kind of know what his ceiling is. His ceiling is nine and a half to 10 sacks. And I was like, yeah, that's a really good ceiling. But this year he proved 
his ceiling was much more than that. You know, he had what, like 14 and a half sacks. Uh, you know, he was making plays even all over the field. So I don't think that there's that guy in this draft. And Marvin Harrison, I mean, we've been talking about him now for the last two years. It is a really deep wide receiver class. I don't think it's a huge yeah. drop off from him to, you know, a guy like Xavier Worthy. I really like Roma Dunze as well, obviously. There's a bunch of guys. I like all these guys, but. Malik yeah, Neighbors. I just, I, Malik Neighbors, too. Malik Neighbors, obviously, yeah. But I just, yeah. I don't think there's a chance that anybody else gets taken before him. So that, that was my favorite bet, and I'm glad to see that I beat the number on that. Oh, I mean, by far. I'm surprised that that was even priced at what it was, you know, when you found it. But, yeah, if, you, if we start looking at number five here, I think this is when we really kind of get into where things could get muddy very quickly. And, again, let's take trades out of this, right, because – we can't predict trades. We don't know where that's going to go. You have ideas of maybe teams that would want to get up there. But, I mean, who knows if the Broncos decide they want to trade up for a quarterback. I saw reports out there. They're they're so interested and they want to be aggressive and move up to number one to try to get Caleb Williams. Well, you're going to have to offer the Bears a lot, and I don't think that's going to happen. But just because you want to do it doesn't mean it's actually going to be the case. But, you know, Brock Bowers could be an all-time great tight end. This guy could be falling to number five. Now, I get it. A lot of times people look at tight ends, right? And you're like, you don't want to take a quarter, you know, a tight end in like the top five. That's Brock Bowers is the type of tight end that you take at number five. Great fit for the Chargers there, but he also could fall. Let's say, what if the Chargers decide to go with an edge rusher? What if the Chargers decide to go younger and take Malik Neighbors at number five? Because we know you got Jim Harbaugh there. You're going to not want to pay for all these receivers. Mike Williams gets cut. Receiver makes a lot of sense for them. And then Brock Bowers falls to number six. And the Giants decide that they want to go with him and have kind of a, a two tight end weapon with a couple of pass catchers out there if they want to add that to their offense or Roma Dunze. But like, there's it really starts to scramble itself after four the more and more you look at all the possibilities with these teams. And again, the talent that's there, man, this is a really, really deep draft. Yeah. And I also feel like it's a draft where we're going to see some trades too, you know, and that's what yes. makes it a little harder. Um, there's going to be some teams that need quarterbacks. They're going to look. Although, man, I, I, a lot of these top guys, like Chicago, I think, goes Caleb Williams. Commanders definitely go mm -hmm. quarterback. I feel like the quarterbacks are just going to fly off the board. And then these tackles, of course, like I, I like Joel out of Notre Dame. I love the wide receivers. Man, like there's some really good damn players that are going to go later on in this draft. Like I'm thinking of like selfishly about my team, like about the Green Bay Packers. But if you're a team and there's plenty of them, like these contending teams, I'm thinking about Kool-Aid McKinstry like in the late mm -hmm. 20s. And Green Bay's probably going to have a needed defensive back if they move on from Jair Alexander after his weird Instagram post. Even if they keep him, they need a number two. And then how about Detroit as well? Like imagine if they're able to go out there and get a Kool-Aid McKinstry, um, like a lockdown corner, or get some help in that secondary. So it's going to be an interesting draft, not only with the quarterbacks and these top wide receivers and pass rushers, but also just like these contending teams. Because I'm with you, man. Like, Brock Bowers, he's a fascinating player in this draft. Because, yeah, like, when Kyle Pitts... I, I didn't like the pick for Kyle Pitts in Atlanta just because I was like, who the hell is going to be the quarterback? Um, you, you, you know, like, I, but I, I liked Laporta yeah. to Detroit. That was... He was fitting a team need, and I really liked him at Iowa. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think Brock Bowers could be the perfect fit for one of these teams. And I think tight ends are going to go quicker or earlier in the draft yeah. now. Uh, you know, like look at Travis Kelsey, you know, what Gronk did for years, the positions obviously changed, but let's even go younger. I mean, you mentioned Kyle Pitts and I think with a real quarterback there and he's actually getting some targets, we see what 
the potential is, but Laporta filled a spot that was actually held by TJ Hawkinson. And then the Lions traded him really early on. And we're like, what are they? Why, why would you do that? And he's thrived before he got hurt, obviously, in Minnesota, one of the best young tight ends in the NFL. So we're seeing a lot of that now where the tight ends are back again. I mean, we could argue, I mean, really, Tony Gonzalez, obviously one of the all-time greats, but feel like kind of he was there and had already been there for a while, and we transitioned over to like you were getting the uh, Jimmy Grahams of the world that were starting to step in where he was like, more of a pass catcher, right? Because he wanted to get paid like a receiver, so he didn't want to be called a tight end, but he was used as a receiver a lot. We've really started to see the value of tight ends in more than just a blocking role in a pass-happy league now in the NFL. And if you've got somebody that can be a transcendent player at the tight end position, I mean, you can line him up in the slot. You can come up with some different creative ways to get him involved to where you don't look at tight ends the same way that they maybe used to be before, where they're legit weapons and Travis Kelsey's an all-time great, may go down as the greatest tight end we've ever had. But George Kittle is somebody that's right up that, that we're going to see in the yeah. Super Bowl. But he can also go out and block. I mean, we saw in the first half against the Lions, dude didn't have a catch. He just blocked the whole time. Then they got yeah. him involved in the second half. So, like, if you can find a guy that can do both, be involved in that way, kind of have some of the old-school tight end mix in with a pass catcher, wide receiver blended together. I mean, it's like running backs, right? Running backs today that can also be pass catchers out of the backfield. Your value is so much more because you're versatile in a league where you need to be able to do more than one thing. Also goes to the conversation about centers in the NBA now. How the big man is today versus the way that they used to be and how it's evolved. So, these guys are evolving and where positions look different than the way that they used to be. Brock Bowers going number five. I think that's a great spot for the Chargers there. But, you know, again, there's offensive linemen out there. You saw Joe Alt play a lot at, at Notre Dame. I feel like he's, I mean, the guy's 6'8", 322. There, there's going to be a team that's going to need somebody that's going to fill that tackle position. And Joe Alt is going to be really valuable. Yeah, there were some games where I was like, what the hell from Joe Alt? I mean, I really, really like him, but mm -hmm. like the Louisville game. And granted, like that was the... Mm -hmm. Worst part of their schedule. But he was just getting yeah. thrown around a little bit in that game. He was on his ass like three times. But like mm -hmm. him, I like him a lot. I do think that he's going to be a really good pro. I, I, there's a couple tackles I really like that are going to go early in this yeah. draft in the first round. Tackles are going to fly off the board. Quarterbacks, obviously, wide receivers, pass rushers. And then there's going to be some really good value later on in the draft. Um, you know, it, the corner position, safety position in the secondary. Uh, that's where some of these contending teams, I think are going to be able to fill their needs, but, um, man, I'm, I'm really jacked for this draft. And after, you know, the bears go most likely Caleb Williams, I have no idea what's going to happen because we all thought it was just right. going to be Caleb or Drake may, and then Drake may Caleb Williams. But now who knows, mm -hmm. man, I I've even like, I've seen these weird draft reports where people are talking themselves into Joe Milton, which I would, I would, I would never do. Um, he's got a really strong arm, but if you go back and you watch the yeah. tape at Tennessee, not very good, but that's, it, it's lying season. Like you said, it's, it's, um, yes. you know, combine season. So it's who looks good in their underwear, sitting down, throwing, throwing the deep ball. Yep. It's going to get interesting. How many times have we seen the quarterback with the big arm though, just get all the attention in the world. And then you realize that's all he's got. I mean, Kyle Bowler yeah. is somebody is, that comes to my mind. God, you go back to that, throwing the football through the up post in his knee. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, just go down the list. There's a million of these guys. I mean, Jamarcus Russell. God. All right, wrap it up next. Bet MGM tonight.